Take that, chew on it. Take counsel and speak it. Life without reference to Christ the King will put us on a self-guided path towards self-destruction. So, men, you should take the counsel of my friend Dan Trippy, pastor of Restoration Church in Buffalo, who has a sign over his uh, kitchen table for his two boys, who are now men, by the way. It says this, very simple. This is what life is all about. Love God, number one. Two, hate sin. Number three, find a godly woman. For 18 years, they looked at that sign every day. Love God, hate sin. Find a godly woman. If you're a woman, find a godly man. But that's life. Love God, hate sin. And I wonder if we hate it. And if we don't, where will it take us? If we play with it, where will it take us? What sin? Where will your anger now take you in the future? Where will your anxiety bring you? Where will your lust and your, your pornographic addiction, where will that take you someday? Do you want to know the answer to that question? The subtleties now become such obvious uh, exposures of our depraved nature later. Don't play with it. Bring it to Christ. Bring it to Christ. Such a thing has never happened. It should make us mad. We should want to fight. And guess what? That's exactly what happens in the rest of the book. Chapters 20 and 21 is just the account of a fight. Right? This isn't right. It's time to fight. Let's go find out how this happened. You love the question. It's almost, it's almost sad. Tell us, how did this evil happen? 20 verse 3. Where did this come from? What in the world? What do you expect? Israel? So they go and find the Levite. and He blames the men of Gibeah. Hey, it wasn't me. I mean, yeah, I caught her up and sent her to you, but it was them. That's a great defense. So they go to Gibeah, and they want to fight. Send out those guys. They refuse. And so it's on like Donkey Kong. They fight, right? Look at verse 18. This question's been asked before, I think, in the beginning of the book. The people of Israel arose and went up to Bethel, inquired of God, who shall go up for us first? To fight against Benjamin. Wait, if we go back to chapter 1. Haven't we heard this before? Who shall go up for us first? Come on, go to chapter 1. In your smartphone. Verse verse 1. Chapter 1. After the death of Joshua, the people of Israel inquired of the Lord. Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? Who shall go up for us first against the Canaanites? Wait a minute. Verse uh, 18 of chapter 20. Who shall go up for us first to fight against the people of Benjamin? Our own people? Our own people? Do you see what's happened? The enemy's been redefined for these people. It's no longer Canaan. 
who's a threat to them enjoying the blessing of Yahweh in the land that he's given them. No, the enemies now, they're brothers. That when people live without reference to the Lord as king, they do what's right in their own eyes, that it literally brings apart national disintegration. It brings division. Unity, being set apart as one people in worship of the one true God, was what it meant to be God's people. United. And now, we see that they're fighting each other. That sin and idolatry and all this heinousness has what? Led to them fighting each other. They're inquiring of God how they can beat each other up. Sad, tragic, tragic thing for Israel. And so civil war breaks out. Israel finally wins. And then they realize, again, the irony of chapter 21. They go, oh no. How did this happen? Why did this happen? Benjamin, poor Benjamin that we just beat the snot out of. They don't have any wives. And what do they do? They go and in revenge of someone who refused to step forward and fight against the Benjamites, they say, you know what? Let's go steal their daughters and give their daughters to the Benjamites. And that's exactly what they do. And then we come to the end of the book. Here we are again. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Hopeless, dark, awful days for Israel. Guys, Israel needs a king. Israel needs a king. But remember, the author's probably writing, looking back on all the kings, recognizing that they don't just need any king, right? So kings led them into idolatry often. They don't just need any king. They need a particular kind of king, a particular kind of leader, one that is strong and powerful, but one that is faithful and keeps covenant with Yahweh. They need that kind of king. So Israel needs a king. Those days are not unlike these days, are they? Living without reference to a king, doing what is right in your own eye. Taking to yourself, living for yourself, I mean, we live in a day and age where people, individuals, are prized over everything else. I mean, if there's anything that we are, it's individualistic as a society. This idea that, that individuals' life belongs to them and they have the right to do what they want, whatever they please, to pursue their own personal happiness. And anything that gets in the way of that must be removed as an obstacle. Today, we've seen this individualism lead to increased narcissism. Where really, at the end of the day, all we care about is our own personal happiness, no matter what it costs somebody else. Really, our confession is this. Whatever's right for you. Whatever's right for me. We do what we deem to be right in our own eyes. We hold dear to that. Oftentimes we see this in our family. You know, we ask the kids in the midst of conflict or struggling to obey, we, we just throw out the question. In the midst of this situation, 
Who's at the center? You're fighting back. Who's, who's the most important person to you in this situation? It's like, me. The reason we're fighting is because I consider this me to be the most important person in the situation. I think that's reflective of how we all struggle to live at times. Me at the center. Self-preservation. Self-promotion. And anybody in the way, just get out of the way. I like you if you get me where I want to go. If you challenge me or question me, or make me feel uncomfortable, or challenge any of my decisions, step aside. So we live in an individualistic, narcissistic, pluralistic, all paths lead to one place, it doesn't matter, relativistic, right? There's no one absolute truth. Everyone can choose for themselves. And we wonder why we see society uh, easily defending uh, the total uh, rejection of the value of human life in abortion. Just, we wonder why we see that. We do what is right in our own eyes. That's not a life. It doesn't have the same rights that we do. It's mine. Okay. We see marriage being redefined, right? That's just no, adjusting it to, well, this is what I think it is. Gender. Traditionally, I, this is what I think it is. We treat women as objects and property. The pornographic industry just shows that. The advertising industry just shows that. This is who we are. This is what we do. We wonder, how, why, why did this happen, Lord? Casual sex, safe sex, quick and easy divorces, whatever we feel like in the moment for our own personal happiness, we are on a self-guided path toward self-destruction. That is our society today because of the way we view it. Me at the center of everything. And the church is not unaffected by this. Right? We hear it in our songs. We're, we, all we do is sing about ourselves. We hear it in our gospel, our preaching, where all we're trying to do is help you be better. You be a better person is our message. We, we, we do syncretism really well. Jesus wants you to be rich. The gospel is the American dream. Syncretism. That's all it is. The church is not unaffected by this. It's actually been infected with it. These days are like those days. And that could leave us hopeless in the midst of darkness, wondering, well, if this is the day in which we live, we might as well just put the crown on our own head and declare ourselves king and get whatever we can out of this life and die miserably. But here's the deal. While these days are like those days, in a very real sense that you must not miss, these days are not like those days. It's very important that we end the book of Judges with this in mind. These days in which we live are not like those days in a very substantial manner. 
in the most significant of manners. These days are not like the days of judges. Amen. In fact, God's people no longer live without reference to their king. That's not our reality anymore. God's people do not live without reference to a king, but rather the people of God submit, serve, and celebrate Jesus as king. You see, a king was promised to the people of Israel, and then the king came. Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. The time is fulfilled. A new day has dawned. New days have come for the people of God. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. You see, the king has come in Jesus Christ. And the king has fought faithfully. The king has died sacrificially. And the king has won victoriously the battle against our most oppressive enemies. Sin, Satan, and death. Done. The king has won victoriously. And now the king has assumed his throne. And he sits at the right hand of the father. That at his name, right? There's no other name. No name above his name. He is in supreme position and authority. And he does not move eternally. And out of his rule and reign, do you know what he's done? He's seen our condition as the people of God. That without a king who can rule and redeem, without that king that is faithful to the end, and that is merciful and loving and forgiving without that kind of king who has that kind of authority will be stuck kingless doing what is right in our eyes doing what is evil in the eyes of the Lord and subject to self-destruction he knows that and so because he knows our weakness and our frailty guess what he does out of his authority he dispenses his Holy Spirit into our lives all those who hear the call repent and believe the gospel are filled with the Holy Spirit the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of his people so that guess what? The cycle of idolatry is forever broken in the people of God. That it is no longer stuck in that state. That they are empowered to live faithful, obedient, and joyfully so with, with 100% devotion to the one true God. Not led away and astray to the idols of culture because we know there's nowhere else to go but to Christ. We've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Amen. We don't need the world's gods. We don't even make our own. We've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And he's given us his spirit. And he's empowered us to live faithfully. And we can be rest assured that nothing can take that from us. No one can disrupt the rule and reign of God in our lives as the people of God. And so we have strength to live. And one day Christ will come again. And he will judge the wicked. These men of Gibeah. He will judge the wicked. Definitively. Decisively. And all of sin that grew to that level. Will be judged. But make no mistake about it. God's people do not live without reference to their king. No. Their king. Is Jesus. And to Jesus Christ, they serve, they submit, and they celebrate Him.
That's the call of judges. See your king. Your faithful, sufficient, merciful, powerful, eternal king in Jesus Christ. Recognize your need to submit to him. To turn from your sin. And to turn to Christ for full pardon. Recognize your need to bow your knee in full allegiance and trust in his authority. When he says, follow me, you go. You drop those nets. When he says, go and make disciples, you go and make disciples. Because that's how you respond to a king. You submit your life to him. So today, if if you have crowned yourself king, take it off, throw it aside. And submit your life to Christ. Entrust yourself to Him. Serve Him. Make your whole life, every decision, every relationship, every dollar in your bank account. Give it all to Him. Lord, it's available for your service. Because you're my King. And I steward what is yours anyway. And let's celebrate. There's ever been a cause of celebration. It's knowing that the king that we needed has been provided perfectly and sufficiently in Jesus Christ. Amen. Sing. Celebrate. Join the anthem of heaven. Crown him with many crowns. The Lamb of God is slain. Crown him with many crowns. So do you want the king or do you want the crown? That's a choice you have to make today. You want the king, Christ. You want the crown. The answer to that question is, has eternal significance. Whether or not you're on a self-guided tour towards self-destruction, or if you're awaiting the full realization of all the promises of God in his kingdom under the reign of Jesus Christ. the end, we can transition our song to recognizing that, right, the, the voices of the saints praise its king, praise its king, praise its king, all through eternity. The voices of the saints praise its king, praise its king, all through eternity. Amen? Let's pray. All hail, King Jesus. Father, you promised a king. You provided a king. He came. He lived. He died. He rose again victorious. He defeated your enemies. He provided the Holy Spirit to all those who repent and believe in the good news that you're king and that you're alive. You have taken a people and broken the cycle of idolatry in their hearts. You put your spirit in them. Lord, continue your work. Continue your work in your people here today. If there's anybody here today that has not submitted their life to you, I pray that they would hear this now and they would not put it off and they would submit and they would serve and they would celebrate Jesus today. I pray that there's anybody here today that's still, although confessing Christ, calling the shots, doing what they want, 
thinking it's not that big of a deal, that they've got it under control. I pray that you'd open their eyes and their ears to hear the word today and that they would repent and that they'd recommit and resubmit their lives to you. Set us free from sin, Lord, we pray. Give us the strength to bow our knees and bend our wills to your good authority over us throughout all eternity. Lord, we have a ways to go as we sojourn in our lives. There will be dangers along the way and trials and struggles and suffering and persecution. And I pray that your spirit, based on your authority, will hold us fast. You sustain us. You sustain us. You hold us fast. And you bring us home. Thank you. In Jesus' name.